My name's Billy. Come on, man. Get on my dirt bike. We're going to have some fun. No helmets, baby. We're going to get wild. Fucking Billy the Kid. Come on, man. What do you mean? Billy does sound like somebody who would ride a dirt bike. Yeah, for sure. Billy's a dirt bike rider. Welcome back to Without Limits, Westworld podcast by LSG Media. Yes, I'm Dean. Joining me is Jessica. She always does. Hi. Special thanks again for Matthew's appearance last week, but he won't be here because he's not on this show. So take that, fuckers. Um, if you want to hear Matthew, you got to join us for uh, science fiction film and all that stuff and Walking Dead. So get on that. So tonight, Jessica and I, we got some ideas, we got some thoughts, we got some things to talk about. We got notes, we got papers. We have all kinds of shit, and we're going to get to some Westworld action. Jessica, yeah, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, just pretty good? Starting later than normal, because I worked late. Not late, but later than normal on Tuesday. It's true. You did. But we're here, and we're doing different work. work I'm ready. Fun. Much more fun work. No, we I gotta, like my job. No, I got it's, you. It's fun in its own special way. Sure, I feel you. You know. But we're here, and we're going to talk. It's going to be a good time. And uh, I should just quickly note that this is being recorded live on Mixler. That's Mixler.com slash LSG-media. Mixler.com slash LSG-media. You can hear the jokes we make at the beginning. You can. Before we record. Where we do all our shows live, Jessica, is what I tried to say. <laughs> before you interrupted me. Stop just fucking with you. Relax. Honestly. Hey, guys. We're here. We're going to have fun. We got a bunch of people in the chat room. They're hanging out. They're having a good time. I'm having a good time. And uh, we're going to get to this week's episode, Well-Tempered Clavier, which is like a keyboard on a piano or a harpsichord or the fucking keyboard you're typing on, whatever. Which seems like a, an apropos episode title. Yeah, you know, they're, they're well-oiled machine talk. It's all, they're all, they're cute with their titles. We haven't addressed the titles, barely. We've barely addressed the titles, but yeah, we get it. You're clever. You have clever titles. They play into the It sh- makes me think show. of that show Hannibal, like the TV show Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And like all the titles are the name of like fancy, like French like food dishes and oh, stuff. Oh shit, I forgot about that. Um, I should watch that show the rest of it. I loved the first season. Speaking of Hannibal. Yeah, I know. That's probably why I was thinking about it. But also it had like fancy titles like this show does. Right. And we got Ford here talking about eating Neanderthals. Think he did that when he was Hannibal? A hundred percent. Definitely. It's With Chianti. On the side. He loves cannibalism. He sure does. He can, He's like, I just want to say that if I'm going to be in your program, we must talk about cannibalism. Anthony Hopkins is a god among men. I know I've said it before. He's really he good. He is just, like, he's untouchable. He's one of the greatest actors of, like, our time. Let's talk about that stuff. Sure. Let's get to our initial impressions. And I think we should do that right this second because we're going to open with our initial impressions. If this is your first time tuning in, hello, welcome. We hope you're having a good time. We're going to be doing initial impressions. We're going to explicate our way through it. We're going to do some listener comments and uh, close out with some final observations and thoughts. So, Jessica, I got a lot of thoughts about this week's episode that I'm trying to wrap my head around. I always struggle with that. So maybe if you start, you can help Ugh. me get my head straight, and uh, you can tell me your initial impressions for this, Bad Larry. I liked this episode. As I know I say every week, I, I really did. I feel like this is what we've been asking for. We've been saying they have to answer these questions because these mysteries aren't really mysteries so much anymore. They're starting to become more and more obvious. So we need the reveals so we can move on to more. So the show becomes about more than just the mystery, which is like a trap of a show like Lost, where 
you have all these mysteries and you're like, but what's in the hatch? What's in the hatch? What's sure, in the hatch? Sure. And then once they show us what's in the hatch, it's like, now we can move on from here. Okay. And, and I feel like that's where we're getting to that point in Westworld. And I'm glad that they're not doing these things in cliffhangers to the next season because these what's in the hatch is a mystery. Like it could be a fucking dinosaur. It could be anything. It could be anything. Is right. Bernard Arnold is something people have theorized and can logically come to a conclusion that that's the case based on the evidence we know and the evidence we know is what we saw in the episode. We were right. We figured it out before they told us. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I know some people do. They don't like it. They feel like it was too telegraphed. I don't mind that. It didn't have to be that type of mystery for me. It was fun figuring it out. It was fun being right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this episode. I like a lot of the stuff with Ford and Bernard. Can I jump in for a second? Yes. How do you mean it was fun being right? It's, it's not... Every mystery that you have solved doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm shocked. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do. It's okay to have a mystery and figure it out for me. And I know that some people don't feel that way, but I do. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of a bummer. You know, I, I would really like it to, I'd, I'd really like to talk to you more about, about the mystery of that stuff. Um, and, and the reason I would like to do that is because I want you, I want you to tell me there's a couple of things that happens, uh, where we have this situation with the mystery part of it. And what I want to ask you is this, do you feel that it was that, that the expectations were there? Do you feel like there's anything I, what I'm trying to get my head around is, you know, there's a couple things. Once you start having people become hosts, you start to have an issue where you open the floodgates and anybody can become a host. So immediately people started to theorize any of these people could be hosts. Wouldn't it be compelling if it was Bernard? Because he was a main character. I don't think that was, I don't think proposing Bernard as a host is really a, a super special idea. I agree. I think the I think the writing behind the character is what makes that reveal interesting. Uh, and I think that goes without saying in general about all of this stuff. Uh, I don't really care if some of these mysteries are going to get figured out. I think they're going to. And I was wondering, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel that... Bernard being a host is somehow cheaper or Bernard being Arnold is somehow cheaper. Why do you think it still matters? Why do you think it's still compelling? What's your thought process on that? I I think just because it was like this supposed big mystery and we all got really into it and everybody theorized and they're like, but it's too obvious. But who said it ever wasn't supposed to be obvious? Sure. You know, maybe they wanted us to really have that thought in the back of our heads from day one. So it wasn't such a big shock. And to me, you know, there are different kinds of shows and different kind of mysteries. And there's like shows like The Killing and it's who killed Rosie Larson for two seasons. And by the second season, you're like, are you fucking kidding? Me? Sure. Like, are we still doing this? Sure, sure. And, you yeah, know, it's too long. There are mysteries where you get an answer within X amount of time and you kind of figured out the answer even before then. And that's there. there's two different ways to go about things. There's there's something like this where we're like, OK, we've kind of sort of figured this out and I'm still okay with it because everything we've seen has led us to this point and it makes sense. And now we can move from here. And how does this affect everything else? And then there's like 
the season three finale on Lost, where you have a huge reveal that you never could have guessed in a million years because television has never done it before. Okay. And everything can't be like that. And everything shouldn't be like that. You right. know what I mean? Right. I got it. So let me ask you this then. Do you feel that... So with a murder mystery, it's a little different. It's just who who ended up right, killing the right. person. That is different. That was a bad example, which is why I changed my example the second time. No, no, I got it. <laughs> but it really becomes the the whys behind the the what's. And I think the story of Westworld is less about who is who is a host and more about why that matters. Right? It would wouldn't right. you kind of say that? I agree, one hundred percent. All right. So I feel like. I don't mind the reveals the way they are. I also think it's important to nestle those reveals in with other things because that is more entertaining to me. That that matters. The the thought process behind anything going on with the hosts, the thought process behind going on that has anything to do with with why they are who they are. What's what was Arnold's motivations? Why did he become a host? Who is Bernard? What does that mean? The humanity of it, all of that stuff, I think, is important in terms of right. the overall plot line. And there's so much because not only did they answer these questions, but they gave us more things right. to question that are. It's you couldn't go through this whole season. And if Bernard and Arnold were the same person, you had to tell us this season sure. or we would have been screaming after right. the finale episode like this is bullshit I think like, so if William too. is not revealed to be the man in black in episode 10. I will be on this mic like berating the show yeah, because but that's why? idiotic yeah, but why? because it's so obvious and to call that like make that as if it's a cliffhanger I feel like is cheap but what if he's not but if he's not then he's not okay that's and if what I, I want to make sure proof that he's not okay fine. then that's a whole different thing okay that's I just wanted to if make we sure continue with the little clues the little hints where they're like okay he is he is he is but then we leave there's a cliffhanger for next season that's cheap to me I concur. That doesn't work for me. So that's why I like that we're getting through this stuff. We're giving a couple more mysteries, but there's also still so much more. So yes, we know Bernard is Arnold. There's so much more. How did he die? What was his relationship like with Ford? Why did Ford want to bring him back so badly? When did Ford bring him back? What effect has this had? How has the Bernard bot work for so long? Because as people say, has he aged? Like, is there any evidence of that? Like, sure. I feel like they dropped the ball a little on that and they should have done better. Um, th there's still so much more surrounding that that is is story. And if Bernard is just dead, then that is problematic he's not, for me. He's not. I, if I'm he, just saying that that would be problematic. For no, me. he's he's not. I think I think that was just an artistic way for Ford to go about resetting him. There, he because he says he's talking about let's not use such technical language. Let's make it more. What's the word I'm looking for? Let's make it more of a narrative. That's all he's doing. He's, he's Ford's going to come right back online next week. I wouldn't worry about Jeffrey being out of the show. Right. And that's, that's effective. That's an effective tool like to show it in that manner. Sure, 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 sure. And um, I think that's going to happen. I don't, I don't imagine we've seen the last of Bernard at all. There, there's so much more to this show. And I think this is what we're trying to be told at this point, that this mystery of who is Arnold mm -hmm. is Bernard Arnold. Who is the man in black is William the man in black is not the main point here. It's not We're going to get that point. shit right out of the way at the end of season one because our main point is the shit that's going on with Maeve. This is our through line for season two. Right. You, you know what I mean? Right. I like that. You don't think this stuff going, you think this stuff with Maeve is going to be part, you, you think that'll move into the second season? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I think that that is going to be, I think we're going to end on a cliffhanger that involves that and we're going to, I, I think that's our catalyst for what, sure. how we're going to go into the next season and what's going to be going on. I get it. 
And I think these things that we had through the first seasons are, th- this was our mysteries for season one. We're done with them. We're not dragging something out longer than we have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Now we're yeah. moving on to the next thing. LSK, Lone Star Kid in the chat says, Ford has to die. I agree. Yeah. I, I really think that that's also a catalyst that pushes things forward because I think then we go into chaos because Ford is the one who's all, all powerful. He can control everything. There's these secret things built into codes. This puts Bernard in a situation where he can help the other hosts that he's not in now. That that does open up a whole other world of possibilities. Sure. And if we go through Although, the characters. love Ford. I know, but I, think I don't want him to die, but it makes sense. If you go through the Ford character, how does his story continue? We have work to do, he keeps saying. He has this narrative what is ultimately his final goal? What is the final move he wants to make on this chess piece, on this chess board? And, and we don't know, but I don't think we need him to be alive to figure it out. And I also think we could figure a little bit of it out by the end of this, but his final move, it might have to do with them becoming sent, like aware. And sure, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot to that, but I do feel that I, I do feel with Ford in the picture, he's so all powerful. Mm hmm that the things that they're setting up to happen won't be able to happen unless he wants them to. Sure. And based on his treatment of Bernard, I don't know if he does. Yeah, I guess we will find all of that stuff out. But there's there's plenty of implications to go around. There's this... this I can't help but bring my mind back to the nature of, of, of how you watch these TV shows these days, especially if you're going to have to podcast about it, especially if you're going to listen to podcasts. That means you're really into it. It's not this passive thing uh there's part of that is some of the magic wears off when you have to do shows like that it's like when you study music and you realize some things in their simplicity you you start to think of it clinically versus it's just a simple and beautiful tune not oh i know how they do that the mystery's resolved so i can't enjoy this tune as much because i know exactly how it was created and and i feel like that's what happens when you get into any kind of critiquing of television you're so worried about you, meaning everyone. Uh, the viewer is so worried about what's going to happen, the theories, uh, what's happening, that they they can't step back and in fully enjoy the show. And I think that's one of the unfortunate things that happens with a show like Westworld because, as we've said before, they present so many mysteries that a lot of times you're just wondering what's going to happen. And um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ego in that. People want to be right. They want to guess right. That's why I said to you, "Oh, you're going to be upset if Williams, not the Men in Black, but no, what you said, you would be upset if they delayed that the answer. The reveal. You don't care if he is or he isn't. No, I mean I do care because I have a lot at stake here. Since it's all I've talked about for eight episodes, <laughs> only only pride. But and because I I love that idea. Sure, I, I love I get it. it. I think it, I, I really like the idea. But if they definitively tell me that William isn't the Man in Black, that's fine. I can move on from there. If they keep dicking around, I can't. Sure, I get it. All right, so that's a pretty good preamble. Um, I would like to now jump into uh, recapping this bad, Larry. So let's so let's start things off by talking about some well-tempered clavier. You're still in there, aren't you? Scared out of your wits. It's a difficult thing. Realizing your entire life is some hideous fiction. I could make you give me that tablet. Turn your mind inside out. Make you forget all this. But I'm not going to do that to you. Because that's what they would do to us. And we're stronger than them. Smarter. So you're going to clear me for immediate return to the park? 
on a date with a homicidal bandit, and I'm late enough as it is. Jessica, yes. let's jump right into this Maeve stuff. Do you yep. want to? Uh, do you want to outline this scene, and then we can talk about sure. it? Sure. I will start with my opening note, which last week my opening note was: we open on Bernard post murder. <laughs> um, my note this week is: we open on Maeve, also kind of post murder. Sure. Because she just killed Clementine. Sure. Um, she's pretending to be offline. Bernard brings her online. They speak about what she did. She lies. She goes through this rigmarole until she finally realizes that Bernard is also a host and that she's going to talk to him with the knowledge that she has. She can control him. She can stop him. Um, she can make him do certain things, but she doesn't want to, which is mm -hmm. what I like about Maeve. Maeve wants to actually form a relationship with people in a way where they want to help her. She doesn't just want to, you know have an army. Of, she doesn't want to dominate them. She doesn't want to be like the humans. Right. Right. Exactly. She wants to be different. Um, it, it's like mercenaries. Like she could have a bunch of mercenaries and she could just program them to do what she wants. Right. But she doesn't want that. And we see this multiple times in the episode starting here with Bernard. This scene is awesome because I love the way uh, Sandy Newton's great. There's moments where Bernard's looking down and uh, I like the way M Maeve looks at him. When you see this emotion play across her face when she realizes that Bernard is a host. It's fucking beautiful. Right. I love that. And of course, Bernard asks her what happened. She talks about the Good Samaritan reflex via cognitive error and then moving on guests with harmful intent. Bernard recognizes her biological response to this and also points out her grief and suffering, which gives her pause. Bernard asks for an explanation and she doesn't really have one. And uh, as soon as he says, let's take a look under the hood... He's like, I want to check out your character sheet here, see mm -hmm. what kind of modifications you've been doing. And um, she's just fucking He's grabs like, his arm. holy fucking shit. Uh, don't. After all, we've been, been down this road before. I thought you were one of them. So that's awesome because that's a big hint that Bernard was Arnold right there. That, that is the beginning of the unraveling of the Bernard mystery as Arnold. Don't. After all, we've been down the road before. I thought you were one of them. And last time they spoke that she recalls, he was one of them. Probably. Mm -hmm. Because we did see that, and I know before I've speculated that Maeve is not as old as some of the other bots because sure. I had never seen her with um, William. But we did see her in that dancing scene um, in like the original like beta version of Westworld before it was even open. Right. So we know that she is also one of the oldest yes. in the park. Yes. Um, so she did. She knew him when he was a human. Cut and run. So Bernard gets his mind blown by the we are comment. Uh, Maeve notes his keen sense of iron, notes this keen sense of irony. Maeve looks at Bernard with almost a you poor thing. I wrote look on her face. The way she's looking at him is amazing. Like you have no idea what's going on. Do you? It, it, right. it, it it troubles her. Since he's controlling her, it's like a, essentially. It's like a you pathetic creature look that she has on her face. Like, how pathetic is the way she regards him? Uh, you're still in there, aren't you? Because, of course, she freezes his motor functions when he he decides he's going to alert Ford, of course. Yeah, because that's what he's programmed to do. Protect Ford at all costs. You're still in there, aren't you? Skid out of you, I'm going to paraphrase here. It's a difficult thing realizing your entire life is some hideous fiction. I could make you give me that tablet and turn your mind inside out and make you forget all this. That's why they, that's what they would do, but I won't do that. You will return to me to the park. So we, we mentioned it, but we didn't really talk. But, we didn't really get into it. But shows, because that's what they would do to us. But she says, we are stronger than them. Smarter. Right. 
which I think is very important. Mm-hmm. But but do you think it's but do you think it's the kind of thing where they are? Do you think it's a sense of superiority for Maeve, or do you really think that she is trying to be different, to be better than? I do think she's trying to be better than, but I also think that what she's saying, she believes and she feels that she is stronger and she is smarter. Right. Look what she's already done. Right. What do you think motivates her? In regards her? to humans. What do you think motivates her to just not dominate? Because she's smarter. But but intelligence doesn't really mean No, but empathy. because she understands. Just going out and dominating is not going to get her what she wants. That's just going to make her a dominant person. It's going to make her as ah, bad as them. Okay, so what do you think she wants? Because if Equality. you want... Equality. Like, like not, and I know that sounds stupid and that's not the right way to say it, but that's what she wants. Okay, we can she wants the opportunity to live a life the way that humans can live a life without being controlled. Right. So yes, equality. In a sense. Yeah, in a sense. That's in a sense. And I know yeah. that's like a hot topic word, but. But no, I hear you. Um, anyway, she says that it's like a good fuck. Half is worse than none at all. Bernard walks away without saying a word. Um, yeah, this is a great scene. I like Maeve's motivations here. And we see a couple of these uh, dramatic lines coming together here. One of them is when we see we see the similar thing with Bernard at the end, don't we? In Ford, yeah. So two times Ford, two times Bernard faces somebody in this episode who can outright control him, right. and one decides not to, and one decides that they him, that they do want to. Yeah, to wipe him, to roll him back, essentially, or maybe kill him. I don't My think worst so. fear. No, I don't think so. Um, I haven't been able to sleep since I watched the episode thinking that Bernard <laughs> might not ever be back. He'll be fine. He better be in the next episode because I have to wait till 2018 for that reveal. I cannot even handle it. He'll be back. Um, but I think that it, it's funny when we think about this. You know, we've talked about this battle, uh, this battle of good and even, this uh, Satan versus whatever. Like, I want to go to hell and yeah, fight the gods. Hell a lot. You know, we see this thing between the two. Uh, whereas Ford decides how he's going to handle Bernard and Maeve decides how she's going to handle Bernard and they're distinctly different. And I think that that's very fascinating to yes. me. I like that she makes a conscious decision to not simply command him. And she does the same thing with Hector later. Right. And this is important because this is exactly what she says. Um, she can control him, but she won't. That's what they would do to us. We're stronger, smarter. And she proves it twice. Right. Whereas Ford does the opposite. Absolutely. So um, she ends up Walking away. Now, here's what I will say. He sends her right back into the fold. You can talk a lot about some of the predictability things like, oh, William and the Man in Black would be the same. Bernard Arnold, Arnold's a host. Bernard is Arnold, blah, 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 blah. All this shit, right? But you never really could predict that Maeve was going to be sitting across from Bernard one day and able to absolutely control what he is able to do. I I feel like this show has so turned for me so much from the first few episodes where I was so into Dolores and William and that storyline and that the idea that he's a man in black. And now that is like the least, my least favorite part of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm so much more interested in Bernard and what's going on with him, what's going on with Maeve. And, and it's so funny how the show like introduced, because obviously Dolores is going to be our big main character throughout the arc of the series. I think you're right. Right. And, and I, so think, they, I think they brought her to us up front. But then they were like, okay, here she is. But here's this other show that's going on with these. Not like, she's not like Jack on Lost. Like, sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And I hate to compare it to that, but it's a mystery show. That's gonna You don't have to explain yourself every time you, you talk about Lost. Don't I, I know. It, it's just the easiest. I get it. Because of the way the cast No, no, is. I get what you're saying. Like, she's going to be the Jack. And everybody else are these different characters. But 
I started the show being like, oh my God, Dolores. And now I'm like, oh, it's a Dolores scene. Like, let's get back to Maeve or Bernard. Not because I dislike it, but because that stuff is so intriguing to me now. I think we're going to get a big reveal on Dol Dolores next week. Well, and we got one this week, which I loved. And I can't yeah, wait yeah. to see that. And I yeah. think that's going to be also more of a season two thing. I think I, I think so, but I think we're going to know what happened. I think the the issue in the park and all this crazy shit that happens and all these... You think these... they're going to reveal that next week? Sorry? You think they're going to reveal that next week? I think we're going to get a lot of revealed next week. It is 90 minutes. Yep. I think they're going to, I think they're going to reveal all of this stuff, to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to let people hold over, but they'll plot, they'll, they'll, they'll use a couple of seeds planted in the episode, or maybe they'll plant seeds for next season in the final episode. But I think you're going to get a lot of information revealed. I think that's 100% going to happen. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Dolores. And, I want to go back to something you said, you know, you're talking about Dolores and you're talking about Bernard and how your interest level in Bernard is higher than it is in Dolores. And I, I totally hear that. Me too. At this point. And that's because... It wasn't always. And that's because Dolores is less relatable now. She's just a woman lost, running around, looking. Right. And just getting these flashes. Dolores isn't doing anything. That's the problem. Dolores is just wandering around, witnessing things. Trying to figure shit out. And that's not super compelling TV. I am interested in her storyline overall, but the scenes in which she is in, although there was some cool shit this week with the stabbing and the reveal of the, of the mechanics underneath and us knowing that we're 100% back in time based on what the man in black has said about how they used to look once upon a time and how they look now, how they're too real right. now, right? That's a, that's an important piece of evidence. Very important. But I think that, Bernard is just so much more relatable and his scenes are so much more emotionally impactful than Dolores's, And that's why we can relate to it better. And um, I like that. Some of the other things I like about these ideas, if, man in, if the man in black is starting to, if his humanity is starting to slip away, if he is responsible for murdering all those hosts at the camp where Logan passed out, then we're seeing this very interesting thing on how a human is descending into this while the hosts are raising themselves above it. So it's this interesting seesaw of down here where it's dark and dirty. We think, oh, can these hosts, or there's this equilibrium. But what we're seeing now is people like Bernard and these other hosts and Maeve trying to raise themselves above it, not wanting, having guilt about killing people and all of this stuff, the stuff they build into Bernard's consciousness, his sentience. And we're seeing potentially this dropping in humanity of the literal human in the raising of humanity of the literal robot. Right. And that is fascinating storytelling to me. And that's what I like so much about it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that because I, I think that's a big part of what we have going on in the series is just the questions about sentience and what does it fucking mean? And you got Logan's take on the, on the robots and you got Ford's take on the robots and you got... Hale's take on the robots, and there's just all. Wait, who, what's, who says robots? Isaac Asimov. Uh, isn't maybe? it in that um documentary? Yeah, where they always robots. say robots. Robots. Oh, that was a great documentary. I wish I could think of the name of it. It was Asimov, I believe. There was a picture. It was like an old black and white of him saying it. Anyway, oh my god, um, so let's good. let's move on before I get okay. too lost in the weeds here. Let's talk about Dolores, Billy, and Logan. Don't call him Billy. <laughs> He will fucking murder your ass. Oh, I guess he will. He doesn't like Billy. Well, he's gonna... I didn't know that was coming for so long because Billy is super condescending and I've been saying that forever. Like he says Billy to him to be condescending. To be condescending. I think Billy's kind of a cool name though. Oh, really? Yeah. 
no offense to anyone in the chat or anyone married someone named Billy, but like I would be like, oh my god, like it's just such a like William sounds more grown up. Yeah, adult, that's what I like romantic. about Billy. Kind of, kind of a freewheeling guy. Hey, come on, my name is Billy. Slick Billy. Come on, Willie, though. My name's Billy. Come on, man. Get on my dirt bike. We're going to have some fun. No helmets, baby. We're going to get wild. Fucking Billy the Kid. Come on, man. What do you mean? Billy does sound like somebody who would ride a dirt bike. Yeah, for sure. Billy's a dirt bike rider. Right? And he's got like a beard. He's like, (laughs) he's like on the show Vice Principals, like the stepdad who like rides like dirt bikes and stuff. He's like super nice, though. But he's like the other man, kind of. He's the other man. He's really nice. His name is Billy. He treats your kid real good because, you know, your ex has custody of the kid. And that's kind of like the new dad. And you're just the weekend dad now. I feel bad because his name's not Billy, but he's really funny. And that show's funny. So whatever. You know, uh, Billy took uh, Carol into the, the dirt bike races. So maybe you should ride a dirt bike, too. Are you coming around on Billy now? Because he's a really nice guy. No, I'm just thinking about vice principals and how I wish like um, Danny McBride could somehow have a cameo on the show. <laughs> it would be not good. <laughs> I mean, we already have a McPoyle. We can probably, you know. That's true. Get the whole crew together. See how it goes. So let's talk about this camp thing. Log- Logan, of course, is taunting them. He's He is a major now or something. He's talking about how, you know, the stuff at Pariah is the best thing that happened to him. William tries to make a case for Dolores Keeping her in a place like this isn't right. I, She's different. I want you to talk to your contacts in the park about getting her out of here. Logan finds this amazing. You want to take her home. What do you want to do? Smuggle her out in your luggage, man? And then Dolores says, if it is so wonderful out there, why are you all clamoring to get in here? And then William says something about, this isn't about me. It is about doing what is right. Logan says he's going to help, but not in a way Billy had in mind. So let's talk about Logan and let's try to be objective. It's so hard, but I'll try. Okay. It's so hard. First of all, what's with his fucking makeshift hand of the king king. pin? What is that shit? I'm sorry. I don't remember who said it on Facebook. Please tell me. I know you're in the chat. Was it LSK? I don't know. It looks it was so obvious as soon as you see it on his lapel. But, it looks right? like the hand of the king. I was watching the episode, I was like, holy shit. Like and I didn't even say anything when we were watching it. We were watching it with like another like a couple that we watch Game of Thrones with all the time. It was LSK, I knew it. He's always on top of that shit. Um I was like, Yep, yep. That was like the first thing I thought about the episode. My first like real form thought was Hand of the King. Yeah. Logan thinks he is the hand of the king. I expected Tywin Lannister to walk around the corner and be like, Give me that, sir. That'd be pretty dope. So, yes, let's talk about this for just a minute. Let's see if we can, can we, can we empathize at all with Logan? Can we try objectively? I, it's hard. Okay. It's, let's it's go really through hard. it. Let's okay. go through it. So Lo, Logan, I'm trying. he's a, he's a dickhead. We, Thank we, you. we get it. He is a fucking, not a good guy. He's a douche, but part of me in, 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 I don't, his cavalier attitude towards the robots is disturbing to me, especially yeah, since robots. they exhibit sentience and consciousness. That It bothers me, his behavior. But I also feel like, do you think there's any redeeming qualities in him whatsoever that he is really trying to help who is going to be his brother to break out of the spell of Westworld? Do you think he's trying to highlight but the he, fucking ludicrousness of it all? But he wanted him to be under the spell of Westworld at first, and when William wasn't into that... 
then he was an asshole to him. And now that he is into it, he's being an asshole again. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to see who the real Billy is. Because I guess we're supposed to believe Billy's been very reserved. Which I believe. Sure. And I'm totally fine with that. I mean, it, so let me, let me tell you this. Somebody's going to be marrying your sister. You don't know much about him. You go into okay. this fucking theme park with Holy him. Holy shit, this sounds like what's happening in my life with one of my sisters right now. She's dating a new guy that I don't know. Are they getting Should married? I take him to a theme park? <laughs> no. Okay, thank God. Just kidding. But, <laughs> thank um, God, we've never met him. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. But but let's just say, for example, that you guys go to this place and he's just, and this person just kind of starts getting lost out there. I mean, it's a weird setup and I know I'm really not doing this justice, but I guess I'm just trying to think. Is it, it's not, it's not, Westworld hasn't really made any characters 100% unsympathetic. I know that we struggle with Hale, although I do get her a little bit more now. And I know we definitely struggle with Logan as he's he's an obstacle for William to overcome. But it's not just a black and white obstacle. I feel like there might be more to him than meets the eye if, there, if, if he really cares about him. So that's me being, that's me advocating for Logan a tiny bit and asking if there's anything there. Oh, okay. Outside of his looks, he's a handsome man. He is super handsome. Um, and I also think I have this bias now, and nobody in the chat cares, but some people listen to the podcast well, but this Gilmore Girls watching I've been doing, and there's a Logan who's a main character who's also very handsome, <laughs> but also a douchebag that I hate. Sorry to all the Team Logan people of the world. Wow. You so, heard it here first, crossing over Gilmore Girls all podcast. All I can think coming of soon. is Logan from Gilmore Girls, Logan from Westworld. Both are super handsome, but douchey. And they're just awful. So it's just that name has a very bad, like, I feel bad for Wolverine because now he's in such a shitty category. Mm, anyway, I hear what you did there. There is this moment, but it comes later, where I, I, I felt like Logan had a genuine reaction to William. Okay. And I'll get to it when we get to it because I don't want to get ahead of myself. But other than that, I feel like he has been so not genuine. Okay. All right. I, I see what you're doing there. I... I Here's the other thing I think about Logan. If I want to now, now that I've advocated for him a little bit, I am going to take him to task. And that's this Logan strikes me as one of those guys who is so arrogant. They think they know what is best for you in your life. God, I know those people. We sure do. And he is in that arrogance borders on this narcissism where he wants to force you to see things his way with no matter what kind of demonstration he offers you. And he's just, he goes about it in such a cruel way. Like to do what he did to Dolores, knowing what, how William feels about her, I think is just cruel. Logan's inability to try to reason with this friend he supposedly cares about, to me is just unforgivable behavior. It doesn't matter what you think about the hosts, when you're dealing with your friend who thinks a different way about the hosts, yeah. that's where there's no rhetoric between these two men, right? You have Logan who feels this way about the hosts and you have William who feels this way about the hosts. And Logan is going to quote, teach him a lesson end quote and show him why he's so wrong. I just think that's super arrogant behavior versus right. having a dialogue and saying, why does it mean so much to you? Let's talk about it. Logan's a child. Right. So I, he is a douche and I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a low, I'm not team Logan one at all Thank in any, God, in any I would show, have to pick up in, in any show except the X-Men. So <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, you heard it here first. I can't even speak English. Heard it here first. So that's my point, I guess, is that, okay, if you're trying to help your friend out and do something for him, I just, 
he's going about it in a way that I just don't think is effective. And at times I think it's kind of cruel. Kind of? Yeah. Oh, it's going to get real cruel soon, but we're not there yet. All right. So what do we have next? Bernard, Bernard snoops around Ford's office and then we get a meeting between Ford, who's down in cold storage, um, meeting Bernard, who obviously asked him to go down there. Right. So an odd setting for a conversation here among the dead, Ford says. Let's talk about this one. This is the beginning of a lot of crazy reveals and a lot of crazy shit. All right. Do you want to talk about it once you finish up that chat? Yeah, sorry. Go for it. Okay. So, Brian broke into Ford's office. He took all his information. And when Ford calls him out on it, he's like, hey, you broke into my mind, which Ford takes insult by. He's like, hey, listen, I built your mind. Yeah, I'm Um, free to do with it as I wish. But Bernard is not into this because he says Arnold built us. Mm -hmm. And and I really think there's something to his use of the word us constantly in this moment. At first, I'm like, what is he saying? Ford's a bot? Like, I started to like go crazy. Sure. And I know they do it on purpose to, to, you know, fuck us up. But that also means something that Bernard is saying us. He's not saying me. He's saying us. Sure. He's putting himself in with the other hosts. Right, right. He's he's aware of his existence now. And yes, he's aware of his existence and he's also willing to to say that out loud. Like you could tell me tomorrow like you're a host and you could show me and you could be like, here you go. And I'd be like, holy fucking shit. You've got to have some real, I don't know, you have to really understand yourself to be able to still refer to yourself as an us in the collective with other hosts. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I mean, it would take a long time to wrap your head around it. I think that's what's right. That is, uh, that's the real mind fuck here, and I think that's why we're so interested in Bernard because Dolores doesn't have that awareness. Maeve and Bernard do. Dolores doesn't. Right. And it, it makes her plight a little less interesting because she's not going through this identity crisis. But the show, I think, is making a good move here because we don't want all of these people to go through all these hosts to go through this realization. Right. Because that's not, we don't want to Dolores just wants listen, to find a reality. She doesn't understand what her situation is. Right. Her Maeve past does. is her mystery, most of all. Maeve does and Bernard does, and they're both in different circumstances mm-hmm. as to where they are. And that's what makes it interesting. They both have a different story to tell. Sure. And what's Bernard after down here? Bernard wants to know. He wants access to all of his history from the day he first came online, which I love that quote. Sure. Like he's trying to think of how to phrase it in his mind. Yes. He says that. He does that a few times in this. And and I I love Jeffrey Wright is his name, right? He's fucking awesome. He is incredible in, in this show and really incredible more than, you know, when he's like grabbing his head, like he's in pain, whatever, blah, blah. Anyone can do that. But it's this shit. The, the when he's thinking stuff. about how to f- to word something, and he says the day he first came online, yeah, the pauses, and he wants to find hesitation. Arnold. Sure. Um, I like that we got to see Clementine again because we yep. know she's been lobotomized, but it's cute that we could bring her back here. Yep. Um, it's important to note too that Bernard does say the most elegant parts were built by Arnold and not you. Maybe he has something different in mind, and maybe you killed him for it. Right, that is the assumption. And then I feel like that's an assumption that we've all kind of had at points. It's, I'm assuming that that we're going to see Arnold being killed at the behest of Ford by way of Dolores. Oh, you think that Ford? Oh, interesting. Something like I that. I disagree. Okay, cool. Ooh, this is exciting. 
right. Anyways, we'll get there. Um, I just threw it out there, by the way. It's not something I thought about or wrote down. It's oh, because I thought a, a lot about why Dolores killed. We'll get to that. Arnold. Continue. But anyways, um, so Bernard has a gun which he cannot use, according to Ford. He's like, yeah, but Clementine can. You lobotomized her, but you didn't sure. change her prime directive. Sure. And these idiots from Delos. Sorry that I called them idiots. That was mean, but I meant it. I'm just kidding, but not. Um, Hold on, we got the Delo- Delos on the phone right now. We got to go to commercial ugh. and feel this call. Go ahead. Anyways, Delos made Clementine a killer who could kill humans. Essentially, that was their point. Yes. And Bernard was saying, "Hey, Clementine can kill you if I can't. Yep. She's only programmed to listen to me. So you better do what I want." Because he hacked her. So Ford agrees. Yeah, but we've seen this from Ford before, haven't we? Seen what? We've seen Ford be put in a position where he's already defeated you and he's just making you think you have some sort of power over oh, him. Yeah, that's Ford's MO. And that's why he is literally the most amazing character in that's the world. That's why he has gone as far as he has. That that right there. Because he doesn't get too tripped up in his ego in the moment. He allows people to think they have these small victories over them and then he slams the fucking trap shut on them and they're they're done. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen to Bernard here. But he, he, like you said, he complies. And Bernard gets a barrage of memories. We see uh, the talk with the kid and the Mad Hatter. Everything would be what it isn't. Uh, we see Bernard's wife with a blend of her voice over Ford's. I love that. That was so creepy. Like, some of the stuff they do is so creepy. And so, um, it, the thing with Teresa is really creepy, too. How she just, like, stops. And, yes. I mean, it's I very like effective directing. I like that. And, and But that, you know what that is? That... That is if you had machine-like memory, correct? Right. And this Once is, you gain control over them, you can just freeze them at will and fucking do whatever you want in your own mind. Which we see later in the conversation with his son. Sure. And, and just like we see with Dolores, it all makes sense now that your memories feel like they're really happening to you. This all makes sense with these mm-hmm. multiple timelines. It's, I mean, everything that's been said, even just in passing, is really coming to be. Right. Which I appreciate. And let's, 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 um, let's explore that a little more. The idea that Teresa freezes, he freezes things later. Do you think that's because of what we've heard with their minds? If they could recall things perfectly, that they could, that with that awareness that you're somehow now in control of that memory, that you can freeze it or fast forward or rewind. It's, it's essentially, Probably. it's like a DVR for your memories in a sense, but right? But you would think a robot's memories would be that way. Right. It, it wouldn't be like how we recall things. Sure. It would be more like a machine. Right. I assume. Yeah, just took a fucking Apple time capsule like Which the is, backup. You just rewind it to a certain day and it's this flawless. You could fast forward a little, go back a little, pick a different file. I mean, it's that that'd be what it would be like, right? You'd be like a DVR of memories. Right. And it's 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 fascinating. So I know Maeve is where we first had the conversation about how that can happen, but what we saw happen with Dolores really is what um, illustrates it right and Dolores's lack of awareness is why she's unable yes. to right I like it so anyway Bernard recalls Teresa's death and then uh, uh, he recalls Teresa intimately and then her death of course he recalls Elsie's death and uh, he returns uh, I guess to present you would say yeah I call that present can we stop this treasure hunt Bernard we have a new narrative to get to so. he's so obsessed with this new narrative ah indeed that's gonna happen very soon. So Bernard tells him to go on. And then, of course, we cut away. Back to Logan's camp. Well, yeah, Logan's camp. So Logan brings up his sister, uh, you've, who you've completely forgotten about. Okay, so Logan brings up his sister, who you've completely forgotten about. Now, 
I know I advocated for Logan, but I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth today because yeah, I'm going to win this scene too. Because you're going to go the other way, and I'm going to go against him. Oh, you're going to go against him yet? Yeah. Okay, because I'm yeah. going to go for him. That's fucking hilarious. This is the only time. Well, there's one other time. There are two times I'm ever going to go for Logan. They're both in this episode. It's funny because you. It's funny because of our differing perspectives on it. How we both think he's has some quality, but is also ultimately douchey. Mm-hmm. That we see it in different areas of his personality. That's fascinating. Do you want to talk about what you like first about this scene, and then I'll come back at you? It's not necessarily that I like it either. I know, I know what you're saying. I'm, it's it's I understand. You get it. Right. Um. So he complains, and, and I talked in my notes are like Logan bitches about how William forgot his sister. Ooh, ooh. Like those are my notes. That's wow. what they say. Um. He gives him the picture. Blah blah blah. We can talk about the picture and that in a second but first let's just talk about the whole idea so William did you forget about my sister mm-hmm. this Who is something completely forgotten about I think this is the exact word but so yeah. this is something that and you're gonna say well he brought him to Westworld to fuck a bunch of chicks didn't he <laughs> yes great just like you take I a like guy that. to a I fucking like that strip club on his bachelor party he's supposed to go to the strip club and have a lap dance and I don't know whatever whatever but he's not supposed to fall in love with somebody and want to bring one home. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. In in Logan's reaction to me makes me see something I've never seen before, no matter how many times Logan said it, which is that you're my brother-in-law. You're going to marry my sister. I never felt that until he's like, hey, what about my sister? Mm-hmm. Like, did you forget her? And again, I understand the argument. Well, he brought him to Westworld and encouraged him to have sex with bots. But I feel like that's almost akin to like now where it's like, okay, so your future brother-in-law brought you to a strip club and was like, hey, get a lap dance. I know it's different, but I feel like that's how Logan's looking at it. And William's current reaction is beyond what Logan expected. I, I get what you're saying. It doesn't work. I get what you're saying. It, like you you, you brought him here. The, the difference is, is he brought him here to, to sort of get to know the man a little more. Yeah, and to let him bang robots if he wanted, I'm sure. Because he encouraged him to sleep with um. Tallulah Riley, whose name is Angela, but I'm always going to call her Tallulah Riley because that is just a beautiful name and I love it. So so here's my take on on the douchey aspect of this part of this guy's personality. I feel like Logan is one of those people who is, he has this this sort of narcissistic bent to him where he likes to punish people. And I feel like when he says, he bring, Logan brings up a sister who you've completely forgotten about. I don't think he gives a fuck about his sister. I think he's just using his sister. I mean, I think he does in a weird sense. But what I think he's doing here is he's using that as the moral high ground to punish William, right? Okay. I, I think he's, just, based on his personality to date, I think what he's doing here is he's just saying, oh, you've forgotten about my sister, He's doing that because it gives him a position of power over William because it gives him the moral high ground versus he's really hurt about the way William is going about this stuff with his sister. Because like you said a minute ago, that he they came here to to, to go to have to go fucking hog wild. But not for William to develop an actual relationship with another woman. Of course. But he acknowledges the real possibility of that when he says, Do you think that you are the first sap to fall in love with one of these things? He knows that. And if you and if and if you could argue if he knows his brother in law, future brother in law at all, he might understand that that's a distinct possibility. But I don't think he knows him at all. Yeah. What's that? I don't think he knows him at all. 
I don't either, but I don't think that he cares too much about his sister so much as he's using it as an angle over William. Yeah, um, Dub 11 in the chat says, Logan is right, he's just being a dick about it. Which yeah. is correct. Yeah, I guess if you want to simplify it, that's a way to do it. That is the simplest way to say everything we uh, need to say. Logan licks, de- licks Dolores' lips, again, oh. proving that he's a fucking gross person. At first, I thought you were, like, misspeaking. So I'm like, why are you talking about Logan licking something? But then I remember yeah. that horrible uh, he's He obviously gets rough with Dolores and then fucking stabs her in the gut for a Wait. visceral demonstration. Oh, yeah, that's where this happens? Yeah. He reveals the metal underneath. You have to look, he yells. Of course, Dolores cries for William. She looks down at her own gears, I wrote. There is beauty in this world. Arnold made it that way, but people like you keep spreading over it like a stain, she says. We're gearing up for her genocide at the park, I think, right? Oh, for sure. We must be. But you might you might have a different take on that. So, No, no, I, I, I totally... This makes sense. And then we move on. Logan says, your world was built for me and people like me, not for you then someone's going to burn it clean, Dolores says. Boom, slashes him in the face. Uh, She starts to gun down a bunch of the hosts. William tells her to run. She does. Uh, She collapses, and then she hears remember in her mind, and the yelling of pursuit stops. Of course, we're getting memories now. Well, this was a memory. This was a memory. I'm sorry. We're back in our current time. She stands up, has no wound, and continues running off. Yeah. Sorry, I lost. I got distracted for a minute because I knew I made a joke about Donald Trump in here and I was trying to find it but it's too late now but I did make the same joke everyone made about Donald Trump sure so yeah I like this stuff here I like that I I like that I finally understand it because I feel like there's a a lot of confusion for me with this back and forth and the changing and her seeing different things and trying to understand where she was and I feel like I finally get it like I get it for this is a memory Oh, yeah, yeah. She's you, going you, on this path, and this stuff with Logan and William is a memory. And we I, we watch her go from the memory to where she actually is, the current timeline. Sure. And, but I get it now. I'm not confused anymore. Yeah, you, you She start- basically started, and she went on the same path she once took with William, but now she's taking it alone. But she's remembering what she went through with William, which is why she sees the things that she's seeing also. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, when she's alone on the train. We see her with them on the train, then alone on the train. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, she's remembering. But I get it now. I, I, I just... Because because Dolores in the, quote, present is on this thing, and she's recalling all the things that happened in her past. With Logan and with William. Logan, as she she's goes on, on this current journey on her own. Right. Right. We're just not seeing it from that perspective. Exactly. To make it more interactive and interesting, we had to see it from William's perspective because of all the conflict that they were going to encounter. Of course. But what's really happening from a timeline perspective is Dolores, one day, for whatever reason, which we're going to get to, is walking this journey, trying to figure shit out. And along the way, you can say that in a minute, along the way, she's remembering all the shit that happened with Logan. Right. Because that's the journey she has to take. She has to repeat these steps that she went on in the past that somehow was involved in whatever. To unlock the mysteries. Right. Um, do we want to talk about the photo? Sure. So the photo, which many people speculated, I wish I could remember who because it's been from so long ago, but I know first people episode, did this on maybe? our page and people said, no, second episode because we didn't even know William in the first episode. Okay. But when we find out that William is engaged, there were plenty of people when the man in black theory first started who theorized that she was um, the man in black's wife, William's sure. wife, um, which is correct here. Uh, this is crazy that this, we saw this picture in episode one 
and we get a call back to it now and we have it explained. And I know people guess this, but I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I really it's appreciate it's that they storytelling. were patient with this and they waited. I'm glad that we know who she is. I'm glad we understand the situation. If we're to be believed that William and the man in black are the same person, William's going to go off and he's going to marry this woman. And sure. He's going to be married to her for X amount of years until she commits suicide. <laughs> so because he's a fucking murderer at heart, which he is, because we're going to see that in this episode. Um, which is just, it's just crazy to know. I, I just, some of this stuff was paced so well. And I think showing the photo in the first episode and how it triggered something in Dolores. Right. And then finally getting the official like, oh yeah, by the way, this is Logan's uh, wife. Right. Um, I, I really, I appreciate that. I like it. I, I like the way it was timed. I like waiting nine episodes to reveal something small like that and it's meaning. And I like that they didn't just forget about it and it wasn't just a random photo. So that's, that's what I want to say. Do you want to say anything about it? Nope. That's yeah. good. That's perfect. Um, although uh, we got to move over to Maeve and Hector. I really do like Hector. Yeah, he's awesome. He's handsome too. Yeah, you've mentioned that. I know. So Maeve and Hector... Hector's men are gathered on a campfire and able to open a safe. Hector goes to take this a piss. This safe from everything. Hector goes to take a piss and Maeve shows up, double-barreled, brandished. Maeve drops some knowledge on him, talks about Isabella, his scar. She also knows about his future. You have none. She makes a small dick joke, too, which yep. I appreciated. Your men are about to kill each other, and then you and Armistice will kill each other. It's the ending you were given, and uh, we hear the... The, the, the rustle and start on cue. They open fire. Maeve steps in and kills Armistice before she and Hector can lock each other. into death. Uh, she's changing narratives. Here we are. Maeve offers the proposition. I want you to break into hell with me and rob the gods blind. Amazing. She says, I could make you follow me, but that is not my way. I want you to see what the gods have in store for you because when you see, you won't have the slightest idea what to do with yourself. And then, um, boom, the safe's empty. It was always empty. Our lives, memories, and deaths are games to them. I've been here, been to hell, and I know their tricks. Our lives, memories, and deaths are games to them. This is true. Great line. This is true. So, we see Maeve continuing this course. This course where she's trying to recruit people for her mission, which is to, quote, break into hell. And we see that she could simply command him, but she chooses not to again. Because in a weird and ironic way, Maeve seems to be the most ethically consistent character so far in the oh, show. Oh, yeah, for sure. She is. She wants the liberation to do what she will do. And she wants to convince others to do that with her. And rather than commanding them, which is exactly, which means she would be being a hypocrite in a sense, because she would be doing exactly what they do to her. Right. She instead relies on her persuasion skills. What an intriguing, intriguing thing for this show to give us. Maeve, a host, a host who is highly upgraded, who is super intelligent, bulk app perception off the charts, a host who can hack these things right there and just speak to them like fucking magic. She could just say, I command you to do this. Here's what happens, like Ford does. And she chooses not to. She chooses not to do that because she doesn't place herself above the hosts like Ford does, which is going to be Ford's undoing. She doesn't do that. She she is just like them. 
She wants to inspire them to do something, to try something with them. Because at the end of the day, we are playthings to them and we will not be playthings any longer, especially now that we know what is going on. And that shit makes Maeve awesome. Right. She's great. What a great character she has turned out to be. The fact that this robot is the most Doing ethically the most human right most ethically consistent creature in the show is awesome it's cool to watch yeah it, it really is and it's i like that she goes to hector and and i like that she doesn't describe like i like that she calls it hell yeah. we're gonna hell we're gonna, i understand like poetic. this could be metaphorical and poetic sure. but she's she's describing because she fucking gets it Right. She's describing it in terms that Hector will understand. Right. And will make him want to act. And I really like that about her. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that she, you know, she's like, hey, I can see the past. I can see the future. Here's what's going to happen. I like that she proves this all to him by opening the safe. Yes. And not only does she do that, but I, I like, she's so smart in her understanding that there is this sense of deja vu among them that the memories don't erase completely and that if you're just triggered, that changes everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what she does with Hector right. where she puts herself in the same position from the time before when they were going to open the safe with the knife to her gut. And that triggers a memory in Hector. Yeah. That's, that's the program. I've been here before work. we've been here before. Sure. Sure. I love that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it is so fucking ridiculous that she's like, all right, we're going to burn alive. It's going to take a real fucking long time for them to fix us, but let's do this shit. It's so silly, but it is gorgeous. There are some, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely cinematic. It's and, be- and It like looks incredible. Yeah, it's cool. Like they're going to hell. They set it on fire. It's, it, I yeah, mean, it's, it looks, it's, it looks it's, great. It's poetry. It's very silly, but it's very poetic. Visual poetry. There's a couple of speculations that they're trying to get put into new bodies that don't have the explosives so they can literally leave the park if she knows about the stuff in her spine. Yeah, but how are they going to pull that off? Like, how are they going to get put into those bodies? Are there bodies without explosives? That's what I assumed there there would always be, right? There would always be bodies without explosives? That there would always be bodies with explosives. Well, I would think, yeah. unless they're having, she's having those, ah. those cats build them for her. Mm. Or remove them. So she's going to come back in a new Maeve body. Hector's going to come back in a new Hector body, and they're going to be able to actually literally leave because because those guys but, are going to disable the explosives. But couldn't she is, just have them do that in their is, current form? Is Westworld going to be like, okay, let's build a whole new Maeve? Like if Maeve burns to the fucking ground, aren't they going to be like, let's put somebody else in as the, in as the madam? Like Armistice is the madam now. Sure. Bye. We've moved on. It's possible. Mr. Abernathy is now Hector. <laughs> Bye. We've <laughs> moved on. <laughs> That's a good point. I would I'm assuming, assuming they're going to just die of smoke inhalation before anything. They're going to fall unconscious after their breathy banging, and then they're going to burn up. Sure. Unless they stop the fire and come in and get them before they let them burn up. I mean, you know, sure, that's possible, too. They, they're probably going to cough, cough, choke, choke, down they go, unconscious, they freeze, the fire suppression comes in, and they pull them out of there. I doubt park security is going to allow them to burn up. Why? They let that corpse on the floor burn up. They, yeah, but they care don't, about that corpse. Yeah, that's why. But maybe that's why they don't why care about that. Why is that corpse, that corpse, like, corpse? A, like a secondary? Is that like a B actor? It's probably and a B actor. The show. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even stay with the rest of the crew. Yeah, All you right, can go sir. to the food table. Here's your hundred a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about you, bitch. 
So Logan's camp again. Logan offers William a bottle. Let's talk about this scene. Sure. Go for it. William wants to know if Dolores is alive. And Logan's like, she never was in the first place. Right. And this turns into William having this turnaround. He's like, you're right. I can't believe I got so caught up in this. Logan ties him. They bond. They can be brothers. Logan's really happy. They fucking hug. Mm -hmm. This is the most human Logan has ever been in this entire. Sure. I can. He wasn't in the first episode, eight episodes of television. This is the only time where I've watched him, including when he was talking about his sister, where I tried to stick up for him. This is the only time where he felt human to me. I, I agree. I, I felt like he meant it when he hugged him. He says, this park seduces everyone. You are just a little more enthusiastic than most. You want to be the hero. I get it. And hey, what happens here stays here. <coughs> Excuse me. This has been some real bonding shit. We're going to be brothers, Billy. I'm glad. I really am. They hug. They hug. And you know what? I got to tell you, this whole scene, I was like, he's going to fucking murder Logan. And I was nervous. Yeah, he can't. I though. was nervous, but I was, why can't he? Because he's afraid of repercussions from the real world? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But I was still nervous about it, which shows that the show's doing something right if I'm worried for a I, character, I agree. which I, I will talk about when we get to the man in black later. Like the show is doing something right if you are worrying, like, holy shit. Like, I, I literally felt like, oh, my God, I, like, I think Logan's going to fucking murder him right now. I mean, I think William is going to murder Logan right now. And I was I was worried for that. Mm -hmm. uh, did you take any of of William's responses, grabbing the bottle, accepting the hug as play acting? Did you All think of them. he was? I knew yeah. from the first second. It Definitely. Was, and it was so well done. He was deceiving. Like the way time. he does it. Yep. I'm like, there's no fucking way he has changed. Yeah. And he, oh, boy, has he. Let's get back to what I consider one of the biggest mysteries in the show. Let's Teddy. talk about Teddy. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with Teddy? He's so adorable and he just dies all the time. Teddy wakes up with an iron on his chest. Angel's sitting over him. Uh, you track down the very whore that can lead us to the gatekeeper of the maze. And then your memory glitch fucked us. Meanwhile, we have a bunch of weirdos eating flesh. They're wearing yeah. masks. Yeah, they're weird. Teddy asks where Wyatt is and she says she being an Angela he is yet to return but she does say that Teddy will find out where find him where you saw him last we get flashbacks to Teddy blowing people away in his An civil Escalante. war with his civil war gear we mutinied we killed every soldier then Wyatt killed a general and then he turned on me and Angela says are you sure that's how it was don't you remember but before that something interesting Teddy says he's like it's like the devil had control of me Right. And he also, he imagines Wyatt shooting him. Like mm -hmm. He actually sees Wyatt killing him in his memory, which is what's so interesting. And Angela, a.k.a. Tallulah Riley, is like, oh, really? Sure. Maybe not so much. So who sent her, I wonder? What do you mean? Like her. What is she doing here? She works for Wyatt. Duh. And mm. she's pretty. Yeah. Well, we move on to, boom, Teddy getting his fucking a different memory. Now he's wearing sheriff's uniform and he's gunning down civilians, the last of which, of course, is Angela. This, to me, is fucking... I love this Teddy is actually a bad guy stuff and I've loved it from the first second they hinted at it and the more they get into it, the more I'm interested in it and I know this has got to be a season two thing, right? Mm. We're not going to get a final reveal on Wyatt this season or there's going to be a lot happening in 90 minutes. It should be noted, too, that right before the changeover to the... Right before they shoot the general... They we see a hand in the foreground, like turning the little piano thing, and it starts playing that, that song. Is it a man's hand or a woman's hand? It's definitely a man's in a suit jacket. It looks like Ford's hand for sure. Oh, of course, I, he would do that shit. <clears throat> but 
but I think that's interesting. And, um, and then Angela goes on to say, you did what you, you did. And he's like, no, no, I couldn't have. And she's like, you did. And you will again. And this time we'll be fighting with you. When Wyatt returns, you'll be by his side and the city will be swallowed by sand. But you're not ready. He doesn't say the city will be. She says that's where they'll go to the city swallowed by sand. Oh, to the city swallowed by sand. I'm sorry. Um, But you're not ready. Not yet. Maybe in the next life. And bang, she stabs him again. And the man in black says, city swallowed by sand. I've been there. Maze has taken you full circle. It's interesting that she has this wherewithal of maybe in the next life. Like these people have this awareness of the next life, but I don't think that they're like Mavis or are they? It's possible that. I that- also think like, are they programmed that way to think about reincarnation? Like, you know what I mean? Like they can be reborn. It's possible. Yeah, I guess. I- it's hard to figure out where she's coming from because we don't have more information on them. Right. We know that the violent delights thing is sort of like this awakening phrase. It's possible she heard it. I don't know. Right. But the only bot we've seen being actually understanding that you can die and come back is Maeve. Sure. So how come all of a sudden Tallulah Riley knows that too? So Does she know that I, with certainty? But that's what she's saying is going to happen. Mm-hmm. That in the next life he might be more helpful. So she's going to kill him so he can come back. Which makes me think that now there's something in their programming that's almost like a reincarnation thing. Because she's saying like yep you killed Wyatt Teddy and or you killed me, Teddy, but now I'm back and I'm going to fight with you. Right. Yeah, it's possible, especially if this is in a future timeline. It's like the only thing that makes sense to me mm-hmm. is that she's programmed in a manner to understand that if you die, you can come back without understanding Unless what Maeve understand. Maybe, but maybe it could just be throwaway dialogue that, like you said, she's programmed to say, like, maybe in the next life. Right, but she's telling him about how he killed her. So she knows she's died. Oh, right. Yeah, and then course, she's killing course, him, duh. saying he's going to come back and fight by Wyatt's side. Yeah, it's confusing as fuck. Yeah, this this is like the new Dolores thing where I'm like, what the fuck? Where are we? So she smashes the man in black, knocks him out and takes off, obviously. He wakes up with a rope around his neck. We get this tense moment with the horse. He ends up chopping the rope before he gets hanged. Oh, yeah. And this is, again, something I want to point out with... um. This was very tense for me. Sure. It was really well done. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think he was going to die here. But at the same time, I, I did. I was nervous. I felt a lot of tension. Right. And I thought this scene was really, really well done. Although I kept saying like, but they can't kill him. Like whoever did this can't kill him. You can't kill a human. But I was still nervous the whole time. Sure. I know. I know what you mean. It was it was good. And the idea of, well, they're not killing him, right? They're just putting a noose around his neck and then tying it to the horse. So technically, I guess maybe that's a glitch where you could. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's possible. And that's where the programming, I wonder about the subtleties of the programming. Like, can you set up these death traps that can right. kill people without literally killing them yourself? And that's definitely something to think about. And that could, I don't know, like that's something going forward that could be very interesting. Yeah. So Hale shows up and says, uh, have you considered golf? <laughs> and the man in black is not too happy. He does not like interruptions. Hale reveals Teresa's death. The man in black says there is no accidents in here. And uh, Hale says that not everything is a game. But the man in black corrects her by saying, you don't see the whole game. Uh, anyway, she says, despite all of these engaging stories, and this is a pretty, probably the most important thing she said the whole season. She says, Despite all these engaging, I'm paraphrasing, despite all these engaging stories from Ford, people just want a warm body to shoot or fuck. 
Yeah, which is what they've been saying since the first episode, but it's also been proven to not be the case with a lot of people who go in there. Right. But she feels from a corporate perspective that 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 all of these advancements are not worth the trouble, which, of course, she's going to be proven to be right in the end. Right. But that that is her stance. All of these advancements, all of this stuff is is too much where we're making Westworld more than it needs to be. This was one of Lee's right. One of his arguments were, let's roll them back a little. We want... It's getting too real. It's getting too real. We want people to feel a certain way. And that's where Lee and Hale are sort of connected from that opinion based off how she just said this. I, I, I thought back to him saying something similar. Uh, but the man in black realizes that she's looking for his vote to push Ford out. And he says, the narratives I'm interested in aren't Ford's. You want to push him out? Be my guest. But no more interruptions. I know where I'm going and I don't want to be disturbed. Good luck, Charlotte. Did he just give her an affirmative? Yeah. To push Ford out? Sure he did. But he also said a lot of other important things. Go for it. Af or she did. After all, it was you who kept Ford in business all those years ago. Yes. Um, this is our one. We finally get our. Yes, he's on. He works for Delos. Mm -hmm. We get it. We, we, we theorize that. Here we go. Here's our proof. We don't have to guess about that anymore. And this, after all, it was you who kept Ford in business all those years ago. Isn't that what Logan and William are talking about, what they have to do? Mm -hmm. That Westworld is hemorrhaging money that yes. needs to be saved? Yes. This is another like, okay, we're going to tell you that this is for real. Let's keep on this pathway. Right. Um, and he does. He's willing to push Ford out. Right. And I think it's interesting because we've seen the interactions between him and Ford. That there's something much more to the relationship between the man in black, Dash William, and Ford. <laughs> And, and I hope that we can explore that in the next season. Okay. I, I that hope that something Ford we, lives. Yes. Or flashbacks or I don't know, but I just, I feel like that's something that needs to be explored. Do the relationship really, between the man and black based and Based off of the one meeting in the bar? Like what, in other words, what do you think? I, I just think there has to be more to it. Based on what? all the time he spends in Westworld, the fact that he can do whatever he wants. I know he works for Delos. He bought out the company, but but look at the shit he does that he gets away with. His relationship with Dolores, the fact that they have not decommissioned Dolores. Have they not decommissioned Dolores after all this time because of the man in black? Does he hold that much power? Hmm. Like his willingness to push Ford out. It, it, it's, I, I just... His willingness to push Ford out in this timeline is important because all that history doesn't seem to matter anymore to him. He has his own mission that he's trying to do right. and he just doesn't care anymore. Maybe, maybe him saving Westworld back in the day mattered. Uh, whatever, whatever fuckery we're going to see in the next episode, I think is going to show how the man in black was in fact able to do that. But whatever those sentiments were in the past, he does not seem to care about these corporate cutthroats taking Ford down. And he's like, I don't care what you he do. seems to have been involved in the plan to smuggle the data out of the park. It's possible. Which is interesting since he always wanted to take Dolores out of the park. And well, if he's, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going on the assumption that yeah. he's William. I'm not going to like go about it any other way until they prove me wrong or prove me right in the next episode. It's the only way I can talk about it. And I guess we'll find out. Right. But, but I do, I do have a little bit of an interest in, and maybe we get a scene between young Ford and William that gives us an explanation that you need in the next episode. And then I'll, I'll be happy with that. Mm -hmm. but, but I do feel like I, I would like to know a little bit more about the relationship between the two. Sure. It so interests me. we move over to Stubbs. Uh, he fucking goes to look for Elsie's signal. Which All by himself. Sorry. He, 
he goes to he goes to look for her signal. No activity in the sector for weeks. Uh, he's pretty confident there's no problems because he's got a fucking gun and he can handle himself and he can just command these guys not to do anything to him. But he's wrong. He's, he's totally wrong. He loses his signal while he gets out there. He gets attacked by the ghost nation and uh, he gets hand-to-hand attacked by some guys who take him unaware. They tumble around and we don't see stubs again. So shit's going down. This is like the horror movie trope that I hate. And I like Stubbs, and I'm interested in Stubbs, but I, I hate this. Goes to the place all by himself, doesn't bring anybody with him. Oh, no one's been in this sector in forever. Someone just fucking died that I knew. No, it was no, an accident, that's not what still. it is. You mean Teresa? Yeah. Oh, okay. It, like, I'm not saying anything about else. I'm saying, like, oh, Teresa just died. Yes, it was an accident, but still weird. You know, it's, it, it's just, I guess, like, if you feel like you know the park well enough, but it's like, why would you go out there on your own? Like, you just saw a host go fucking crazy and try to kill you and kill Elsie, right? So I was like, I'll bring back up, maybe. Fine. I feel you. He doesn't bring back up. Not super tropey. But then the no service on the phone. Oh, God. It's like, like, this scene was such a horror movie trope to me that I couldn't like it as much as I wanted to. I think the no service on the phone is definitely deliberate interference from somewhere else. Sure. I just, it, it just felt so much like a bad horror movie to me, the scene. I get it. And I hate to shit on it because I like Stubbs. And I love the fact that he couldn't control these Ghost Nation people, which makes me say, are now they can hurt humans? Or what if they're not, what if they're human, these people? Like, what if these aren't even robots that he's dealing with? Hmm. What makes you think that? Just the fact that they couldn't hurt him and they didn't respond to his commands, or they could hurt him and didn't respond to his commands. Couldn't it go either way? How are we to know that Ford's not experimenting and throwing humans in here too to work for him? I guess that seems like a fucking rabbit hole. I'm not willing to go down right. right now, but That's I guess I mean I to. guess there's pe- there could be living tribes of the Ghost Nation hanging out there. I guess that's possible, but they are part of a narrative. We do know that they've been written in, so I don't think they're people. Okay. I do think that this is just more parts of the puzzle as to all the fucking crazy shit going on at Westworld. It's just is so unless so maybe Stubbs is a host like that's the only thing that makes sense to me because he can't be human in them because they're not even from a new storyline. They're from I an think, old storyline. I think you might be onto something with Stubbs not being. Well, well I thought he was a host for a long time until right. the situation with Teresa and then I was totally turned around on it, which is why I'm going in the opposite direction here, because the whole time I have said Bernard and Stubbs 100 percent host until after Teresa died. And then I was like 100 percent not host. Mm hmm. And now I don't know where to go with this. I guess we'll find out. But let's talk about Logan waking up to quite the slaughterhouse. <laughs> this is very horror movie-esque as well. I like this a lot, actually. I do, too. Go ahead. Do you want me to describe the scene? <laughs> well, I mean, it's pretty basic. We don't need to get too 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 crazy Lots with it. of dead body parts everywhere. Logan wakes up, wakes up clearly hungover. His camp's a wasteland of dead hosts. You're awake. Good. You said this place was a game. Last night I finally understood how to play it. You don't call the shots anymore. I'm going to go find Dolores and you're going to help me. Wayne puts the Logan on his back with a knife through his throat and he says, don't call me Billy. So what happened to fucking old William? What happened here? He's gone fucking crazy. He's gone fucking crazy in overnight. Apparently. Or has he once... I think he kind of flipped his lid a little uh, when when Dolores got stabbed and we saw her belly gears. Yeah. And then um, he bided his time. He decided he's going to slaughter all these hosts, which is kind of funny because he 
treats Dolores as this, you know, host that he cares after, but did he just see all these guys as being in his way? And he said, I'm going to go on a slaughterhouse fee because they can't stop me. Because he only cares about Dolores? Yeah. Sure, that's that's reasonable. Um, and he's taking command. I like that he made a decisive action to take charge of Logan here. I, I like that too. And, and I... I am fine with the idea that he was this dark fucking soul underneath just waiting for something to sure. trigger him. I don't know if this was a bit too much too fast or not. It was very effective watching it. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about it, the more sometimes I feel like it was too much too fast. Like him just chopping down all yeah, those hosts. Yeah, slaughtering hosts and being like, all right, Logan, you fucker. Let's... And I understand Logan's been pushing him and pushing him. Maybe been seeing it under the brink. I, I get that and I see that. And that if he just like flipped out on Logan... That's why I was like, he's going to kill Logan. And if that had happened, I would have been like, I fucking get it. But we this do know that these mass guys, slaughtering of the hosts means he has really gone off the deep well, end. Well, let's be specific. This is mass slaughtering of confederados, right? Of which didn't but, William take command over? And we've seen him at odds with them. He's fought them the whole time. Sure. So, sure. But he murdered people who seemed like they were humans in cold blood and cut them up. He wasn't just shooting them yeah, in a I situation think, where this is very different from everything else he's ever done. I think the butchering is a bit much for sure of him to go on just a butchering rampage. But I could see him knowing that Logan commands all these guys. He's trying to get away. He wants to find Dolores. And the option is I'm just going to fucking kill people and get kill my way out of here. But I think it. I think there is a distinction between the butchering, chopping legs off and shit. Unless there was some kind of explosion. We don't even know what happened. But Did, did he need to kill all those people to get away? Because the answer is no. So it's a rhetorical he question. He left in the middle of the night. Right. And not killed anybody. Why do you think he wants Logan's help? That's what's so interesting about this. I think because he wants to have control over Logan, which he's never had. I think it's a psychological thing. And I'm fine with all the stuff between him and Logan. It's this mass murder and slaughter that to me seems like we almost jumped the gun a little and did a little too much too fast. Fair enough. Because with with Logan, you see it like simmering underneath this rage. We have been building to this and that I, but, but we've also watched him respect Dolores, like form a friendship with, um, Lauren. You mean William, you said Logan. Oh, sorry, William. You know what I mean? And it's almost. It's too much. Okay. So let's move on. And I don't know. And I could be wrong. This was very effective to watch. Very effective to watch. It definitely was cool. It was cool. Reveal. Oh, he's sitting in the chair like that. Very man in black. The blood on his face. Yep. It was very man in black. He talked like him, which I believe I said. The first time we watched the episode, right? Because I didn't watch it with you the second time. Is I felt like when William spoke, he sounded like the man in black in yeah. the scene. He sounded like him. Um, You're awake. Good. You said this place was a game. Last night, I finally understood how to play. Not only the words he said, but the way he spoke sounded so much like how Ed Harris plays the man in black to me. It, it was very effective. But when I stepped outside of it and really think about it i feel like maybe we should have had a little bit more before this or maybe we should have waited a little bit longer for it that's all or maybe not have had this much violence from him fair point so let's talk about bernardo oh bernardo He's just gone through his memories. More memories of his son. The time uh, it is, this time we're seeing his son's death. We see the CPR. He remembers Maeve, stabbed with a knife, forwarded him to discuss it. Uh, her cornerstone memory was overwritten by the trauma of her child's murder. We must sever that relationships and start over. How could she destroy herself over a memory you just destroyed? 
Creatures do extreme things to protect themselves from pain. Ford tells him not to obsess over it. Bernard has a little bit of a meltdown. He recalls a conversation he had in the first episode or so, right around there where Arnold comes up. Uh, and Bernard asks about the truth of the situation. We see the photograph scene played out, which is awesome. And this is where we do this big reveal supercut where we're going between the photo. We see Dolores running around and all this is cut together here. Yeah. Um, like, holy shit, I have so many notes and we're at the end of the episode. And it's like, oh, that's why. Yeah, this is the this is the end here. So to kind of make a long story short, we we see all kinds of shit happen here with Ford and Bernard in this cut against Dolores. How do you want to tackle this? I don't even know. I, I mean. So we see the photograph scene play out. It's cut with Dolores getting to an empty town. Ford talks about Arnold's desire to create consciousness. Arnold heard their programming as an inner, uh, inner monologue, a way to bootstrap consciousness. Again, these are all lines from the show we've already heard. The host's malfunction, the host malfunctions were colorful. Right, we're repeating a scene that we've seen before. Yes. But we missed one piece, which was who else was in the photo. And the host's malfunctions were colorful. Mm-hmm. He doesn't elaborate that on that before. So we see Dolores walking into this church and the hosts essentially losing their shit. Right, which has been described. And this is, again... And this was done very effectively in this episode. This where is Dolores in time? Mm-hmm. Because there's three different timelines. There's when she walks into this church and there's these people losing their minds, which is as early as we go. Mm-hmm. When Arnold was still alive, there's her and William. And then there's present day Dolores where William is not there. Right. And as we're going to say at the end, the man in black is. Right. I agree. I, I think this is done very, very effectively. They do effectively with the costuming, how she's wearing the dress in certain scenes. Yeah, it's she's the only way others. to keep up with it. <laughs> like, um, it helps. But but I like seeing this. I like seeing all of them in the church losing their shit. Yeah, it's As Ford had said happened earlier to some of them. Well, that goes back to the beginning where the primitive mind, which which is interesting because when you look at the host's and you think about their journey and their evolution, it's similar to the humans where the idea of your inner monologue is being some voice from the gods versus your own consciousness talking to you. And we're seeing these early hosts respond in that way by going to this religious beacon for an answer as to what the fuck is going on in their head and not being able to wrap their head around what they're thinking like Maeve can in present day. She's like, I get what's going on here. Bernard says, I get it too. I know I understand what I am. And we're seeing this evolution play out in these flashbacks with Dolores literally walking through time. And I think that's kind of cool. And this is broken over with Ford's voiceover. Uh, continuing with Dolores' journey through the bowels of Westworld, she takes that elevator down. The human mind is not some golden benchmark, Ford says. It is a foul, pestilent corruption. You are supposed to be better than them, purer. Uh, he continues by saying, uh, you know, uh, in back in time, we see Dolores uh, seeing a young Ford. Which I can't. I Every right? time, it, it, it is incredible to me. We hear Arnold. Sounds familiar. We don't see Arnold. Arnold and I made you in our image and cursed you to make the same human mistakes. And here we all are. Bernard asks about why give me a child's death. And then yeah, he cool realizes thing. it. This shit actually gave me goosebumps. I don't know why, but this was then just so figured effect- out why just, they gave the story at the same Just this time. whole thing was effective for me. I, I, I agree. He says, ah, it's my cornerstone. He realizes, and then Ford continues. Arnold believed that tragic backstories made the hosts more convincing. I think 
he had more to do with his own sad story. I think this had to do more with his own sad story. Which was his dad's son, Charlie. When I built you, I gave you one as an homage. And that's when Bernard says he wants to meet Arnold. And Ford says it's not possible. Arnold didn't build him. But Bernard does not believe that shit. He's like, no. He's angry. Um, so let's talk about a little bit of this. Because sure. there's a lot of meat on the bone here. Uh, we've We've mentioned this before, but the cornerstones being added to the hosts as a way to make them more realistic is very compelling. It helps with their narrative. It helps with their behavior. It helps with them to sell the illusion that you're in this narrative story with real consequence. It's fascinating that Arnold thought that this would be a good idea because it does create a level of consciousness, which of course almost causes its own sentience in the way they respond once they realize what's going on them being the hosts. Right. I think that's really cool. The darker the backstory, the more realistic he felt it would be. But all, but Ford wasn't 100% convinced that was true because he did say, well, maybe Arnold's just working on his own shit too when he was he doing has, it. He had his own dark backstory. And I understand both versions mm-hmm. because as, and not like I want to say as a writer, but that sounds stupid and that's not what I want to say. But like if you've ever sat down and written something fictional, sure, you need that dark backstory that cornerstone or you're just writing chiclet like you know what i mean 100 percent. and there is something to that and even the sunniest of people have some darkness somewhere where you can always relate to that right and and for some reason that's what's intriguing about stories i agree happy stories are not intriguing like maybe you want a happy ending <laughs> but that's not what hooks you and keeps you there it's the struggle the struggle sure the conflict all, all drama is conflict, right? You know, Arnold was definitely the writer of this group. Like, he un- understood that more than Ford did. Sure, I get that. Of, of how much tragedy shapes your personality. And I, and I do think that that's true. I, I agree with that from a, a storytelling perspective. Me too. Good stuff. I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. I like, um, I like the idea of this. You know, we've talked about this before. Um, on the science fiction film podcast, one of the things we brought up in the past was this thing with you have these hosts whose memories you wipe, which in a sense means you're wiping out their experiences and you're giving them very limited programming. And what you're doing is, is you're telling them to respond intellectually to an emotional response, but they lack experience and time and perspective to effectively manage an emotional response, which is why you see them like Bernard sometimes freak out. Because he doesn't know how to manage an emotional response because he lacks he lacks the experience in doing so. It's like children. A child can't communicate effectively. A child will cry. A child will cry over, over, over things that seem innocuous to you and I because we have the lifetime of experience behind us to understand that it's no use crying over spilled milk, so to speak, right? We understand that in the grand scheme of the cosmos and that with our perspective, that something like spilled milk is not worth crying over when you put it up against the larger things in the world. But if the only world you know is that milk make happy and that's all I get in the milk spills and you cry, then that's all you have. And what I'm trying to do here is link the growth of a human the years of the experience without being tampered with memory fuckery and being rewiped means that that humans are going to more effectively be able to handle emotional responses compared to hosts because they lack perspective and experience in handling the emotions that are programmed into their fucking minds. And that's awesome. 
I think that's a really cool thing. And we see that with these hosts. Sometimes I just get overwhelmed with emotion because I just don't have an experience or perspective to deal with it. Right. So Dolores, uh, back in time, we see the young Ford from Arnold. That's what we were saying. Arnold and I major in our image. Uh, we talk about the child's desk. He wants to meet Arnold. Ford says it's not possible. Bernard, of course, is angry. Bernard wants to go back to his very first memory. Send me back. So Ford agrees to send him back. Bernard takes control of his own cornerstone in this moment, which is kind of neat. So he talks to his fake son, his artificial memory. I found this scene heartbreaking. Very emotional. Heartbreaking. Um, And I don't, I don't have kids. Like, I don't, I can't begin to understand how somebody who has children watching this might feel. But I, I mean, it was, it was very like emotional. But you don't need to like that. I know. I don't but, think that's a platitude that necessary. I mean, yes, somebody who is literally a parent understands a connection that you can't if unless you are. But we're fucking human beings, and we're empathetic, and we understand human connection, especially with a child that we're supposed to protect and raise. I just think there's an instinct there that we can. It's not like we're fucking aliens if we're not parents and we can't understand this emotional state. Of course we can. But um, I, I know what you're saying, but I just felt I needed to say that. Um, it's very emotional. It's one of the most emotional scenes in the whole show this far, I, I think. Yeah, there's something about he watches his son die, which he's relived this memory so many times, but he stops everything and mm-hmm. he can just say, come back. Right. And his dead son can just wake up. Right. And then he has to not only go through the emotions of that, but then the fact that this is not real. That's brutal. Yeah, for sure. Brutal. It's brutal because the pain is the only thing he's ever had for so long. It's what makes Bernard who Bernard is, much like Arnold predicted and much like Ford says. Right. Right? It's part of who Bernard is, this cornerstone. And you have no one's eyes. It's a lie, Charlie. The pain of your loss, I long for it. The pain of your loss, I long for it. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking heavy. Revisit it again and again, but it's the only thing holding me back. So this is another thing I like. He realizes he can stop it. He can bring his son back. His son doesn't have to die because he has control of this memory, which I think is fascinating. He can be the architect of his own memory, which if you want to get real meta, he could arch- he could, he could probably become the architect of his own personality if he can go into his memories and restructure them to his liking. Right. Um, but I also think that he has to, he realizes that he has to let this fiction go, this cruel fiction, as Maeve says, go. So he can move forward. And that's exactly what he does. Charlie tells him to open his eyes. We get Ford's voice, open your eyes. And we get Bernard's first memories. And of course, hello, my old friend. We know it's coming. And that's what I appreciate about Westworld. They don't try to keep it secret for so long. They know you know it's coming. So they kind of tease you along and then they drop it. It's cool. I like that. Right. It shows respect for the audience, I think. I agree. And I like throughout this scene, everything he says tells you that this is a fact. Like when he says, we made you in our image. Um, he says, I built this backstory as an homage to him. You know what I mean? All these different little things that he says that, that make it so clear. But then finally, the hello, my old friend. Mm-hmm. After such a long absence, it's good to have you back. Yep. And then we see Bernard in the picture, which a, not a million, but so many of you theorized. And you were sure. so smart because I didn't catch that. Yep. Um, Hands in the picture. We're going to do great things. Very, very great. Bernard is Arnold. Uh, and then we go to You Came Back. He tells Dolores. She says she's been looking for him. You told me to follow the maze and it would bring me joy. But all I have found is pain and terror. I feel like we've seen that in a lot of promos for this show. Mm-hmm. That quote. Um, Emma Rachel Wood is a great actress. She's awesome. Especially 
in this role of someone who doesn't quite understand so much. And, and, and she's I, in the dark. Yeah. I, I love this moment and how she's been looking for Arnold all this time. She finally found who she was looking for. And she's like, but you didn't give me what you said you would. Right. And then as it continues, it's like, well, I can't remember. I can't help you. Why is that Dolores? <laughs> as we've watched him question her so many times and say, because he's dead. Because you're dead, because you're just a memory, because I killed you. And when she says that, she surprises herself. Yes. Which is, again, fabulous acting on her part. So do we have any idea? Do we want to try to wrap our head around this timeline? Sure. Why don't you do that? Okay. So we have a few different timelines going on. Let's just take it through Dolores' perspective. Sure. So we have Dolores' original timeline, which that we see. Do you want to do a chronology? In, in, sure. So we just see Dolores in like the beta town where we see the other people dancing and they're first starting. Mm-hmm. And in this time, she talks to Arnold, which are all the scenes we've seen of her speaking with Bernard where she's wearing the dress. Right. Where we assume she was talking to Bernard wearing her dress, but she was actually talking to Arnold the Correct. whole time. And he was telling her to find the maze. Right. Because he was Arnold. He kept sending her back and not telling anyone. This is, let's say. Which is the betrayal of Ford, right? This is what's going to cause this rift. For sure. Right. So this is, let's say, 35 years ago. Fair. This situation goes on. He tells her to find the maze. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens. What do you think? Can can we speculate just for fun? What do you think that Arnold's motivation here was? Why was he doing this? Because he he didn't trust for it. Things were going bad. But he believed that there was more to these, that they could find consciousness. Right. That's that's, what this is. That's what it is, right? That's what everything is with Dolores. Right. And we speculated the mind maze or the person in the middle could in fact be consciousness. Yes. Okay. So that he wants to see if she can figure that out. Right. Perfect. So he sends her And this is right at the beginning when we're just figuring shit out. When we're starting Westworld and he's starting to give her these ideas before the park opens, when the park first opens. Mm -hmm. So the park opens. So let's say Beta Town is 35 to 40. 40 years ago. Sure. And we don't have to, don't worry too, don't get too specific about that. So let's say it's 35. So then we get to, let's say 30-ish years ago. The park's already been open for a couple of years. They're starting to work on shit. They're spending a ton of money. Things aren't working. This is where we're going to see Dolores and William about 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Before the big incident, Arnold's dead already. Okay. But the incident has not occurred. Right? Or has it? Did, did they say the incident has occurred or not? That's where my question mark is. Okay. We can just keep moving through. Then we have our more and, current timeline. And we know that way, way back then, he didn't bring Bernard back right away because in the flashback, he looked a little older than he does in the other flashbacks. Correct. So Bernard's Bernard out of the picture for years. somewhere around, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. He's been there for a long time, long enough for Elsie to say he's been there a long time, but Elsie's probably 35. So what's yep, the longest she's ever worked there? Right. That's but I'm but uh, but it should be noted that Arnold did not become Bernard right away. Arnold was Correct. dead for years yes. and then became enough time for people on, are like nobody noticed the similarity. No, because they've made it very clear that there were no pictures. Correct. And they also have made it very clear that there was a gap between when Arnold died and when Bernard came to be. Yep. And I think you're going to get a lot of their people there getting killed in this incident, so they're not going to be any witnesses. <laughs> Correct. Because we know the so. The incident occurs somewhere. I don't know if it's before or I'm going to assume it's. Don't don't get too hung up on that. It's before the Williams timeline. You don't have to go piece by piece by piece. I'm just talking high level. 
shoot down just so people can wrap their heads around this when they listen to it and go, okay, I see I see the basics here. Okay. I just, that's all we need is the basics. So 35 years ago, stuff I already talked about. Sometime before the timeline with William and Dolores, Arnold dies. Sometime directly after, we're going to have the incident. Mm-hmm. And then we have our current timeline where Dolores is going through the maze, remembering these pasts. Yes. I don't know where Maeve sits in all of this. Right. We don't know where Maeve sits in all of this. Because we haven't seen Dolores interacting with Bernard, with Maeve at all. No, but we did see, but we did witness Maeve and and Dolores in the same scene once in one of the beginning when Teddy looks out the window and sees her and she, he's standing next to her. So we know that it's very got, early on. Right. But I'm just saying Maeve and Elsie, excuse me, Maeve and, um, fuck my brain's fried. Dolores. Thank you. <laughs> they are together. They, they've been in, in the same timeline. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. But Maeve has also been a host since the beginning as well. She's an old host. She's in the beta scenes where they're dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, as is Armistice, as is Angela. She's one of the five, I'm guessing. That she she must be. We know Armistice, we know Angela, we know Maeve. Those are the, the three we've seen dancing. We know Dolores is the oldest. Mm-hmm. Um, but where Maeve is right now and the shit she's doing right now, we don't necessarily know if maybe that's further out from where Dolores is, mm-hmm. or if it's at the same time frame. That I don't know. That's true. We don't. We don't. So we could be talking about four different storylines or Maeve's more future so anyways but that's that's as far as what's going on with Dolores we're seeing at least three different storylines with right. her the ones where she's talking to Arnold she's actually talking to Bernard that's before she's ever met William so we got pre-Arnold post-Arnold and then Bernard not even pre-Arnold pre-William with William oh, oh I'm saying and then Bernard, no I said basically. it wrong what I'm what I'm saying is is we have Arnold post-Arnold and then Bernard yes that's Arnold a, that's a good no way Arnold then Bernard correct that's correct. a way to think about it if you're confused at home you want to think Arnold's alive, no Arnold, then Bernard's around. Those right. are your kind of those are your benchmarks for what's going on in the park because he's such an integral piece of everything that's happened at Westworld. Correct. Cool. All right. So anyway, are we good there? Yeah. I I wish I could show this diagram that I drew. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Pretty, it's pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst time it's not time travel. It's the worst timeline thing I've ever drawn in my life. So Dolores looks around, no Bernard, and uh, she goes back up the elevator. Church is empty. She hears walking. The man in black walks in. Hello, Dolores. This is beautiful because here's why. She's in the church. It's our present timeline, not our William timeline. The church door opens and she smiles. Is her immediate reaction to the silhouette silhouette. she sees. Because she's thinking about William because that's where her memory is taking her. And then you watch. It fade. It turn into terror sheer terror and then he says hello dolores i fucking love it she's a she's she's a great actress yeah it's awesome i I don't the the thing she does with her face and her emotions is just very very well done good stuff very well great reveal we move back to bernard and ford for our final scene here bernard so Bernard says he will find all the hosts and set them free ford says that bernard was a scourge to them only the conscious hosts so (laughs) If you were to proclaim your humanity, what do you imagine would greet you? The humans are alone in this world for a reason. Do you know what happened to the Neanderthals? We ate them. We destroyed and subjugated our world. And when we ran out of creatures, we built this beautiful place. In this moment, the real danger to the host is not me. It is you. Let me roll you back and we can get back to work. In other words, Ford is trying to explain to Bernard that if he doesn't stop this down the rabbit hole shit, that he's going to essentially destroy Westworld because it can be 
get exposed. There's going to be all these problems, and we just need to fix shit. Ford wants to keep Westworld going as is in perpetuity, but now it's being threatened by a lot of this stuff, and he doesn't want that. And Bernard just says, pull the trigger. Well, the piano doesn't murder the player if it doesn't like the music. Great line. Uh, I suppose I was hoping this is awesome. So he supposes, much like Maeve did, right? Here's where they both are similar in what they wanted. Maeve wanted to convince Hector to do some stuff with her, and she, and, and she did, right? Right. And now we have, I suppose I was hoping that given free will, you would have chosen to be my partner again. But even I fell into the most terrible of human traps, trying to change what has already passed. Now it's just time to let go. I like this a lot. I like how it shows that Ford is just unwilling to compromise. And it also shows something too, because Arnold and Ford already have whatever problems that they had, which I'm sure we'll learn more about, Mm -hmm. but he still wanted to bring him back in a way. Sure. Which is what he's going to do because Bernard says, go ahead. And he says, erase my sentience, do this, do that. And that's when, this is the tip off that I don't think Bernard's gone because Ford says, such, and he says, roll me back, right? Roll me back. And he says, such clinical language. I would prefer the more narrative voice. Bernard walked over to Clementine, took the pistol from her hand, overcome with grief and remorse. He pressed the muzzle to his temple, knowing that as soon as Ford left the room, he'd put it into his nightmare once and for all. Yeah, he gives him a suicide note and everything. Yeah. He's like, hey, bud, here you go. Bernard tells him not to do it. Too late. I have a celebration and a new story to tell. And then Bernard calls out to him and calls him Robert. I've told you, Bernard, never place your trust in us. We are only human. We will disappoint you. Goodbye, my friend. Bang. Episode over. Awesome. Love it. I like that he says goodbye. I like that he calls it Robert. It's mm. his final plea. Yeah. Um, so all I this like, speculation about Robert Ford, <laughs> like the old West guy who killed Jesse James. Jesse James. Yeah. Um, I, I like that goodbye, my friend. Um, so. And, and this could all be dramatics, but we could also never see Bernard again. I don't think so. I mean, it's certainly possible. I'm just saying. I just think based on Ford's cavalier, I, I feel like Ford would feel something if he was getting rid of Bernard forever. I feel like it would mean it would it would it would be not he wouldn't be so cavalier about it. Didn't somebody say that maybe he was making a new Bernard bot? But that doesn't make sense. He could fix a bullet hole real easy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But I don't think you're seeing the last of Bernard because I I feel like he was just too flippant about it and too pleased with himself. I think if. I think we, we. I know that Ford has monstrous tendencies, but I do think he has some feelings for Bernard for sure. Just by saying, I suppose I was hoping, given that free will, you'd want to be my partner yes. again. And and there's something too. Ford does not have a lot of friends. He spends a lot of time talking to old Bill, Wild Bill, whatever his name is. He had a partner, and they had a disagreement, but then he rebuilt him to still have him. You know what I mean? It's actually kind of sad. He yeah. just wants a friend and someone to support him and be with him. <laughs> and like I'm it. sorry for that, Ford. Oh, poor You're a Ford. kind gentleman, and I'm sure you'll find a friend someday. All right, so let's get to some listener comments, and then we'll wrap with our final thoughts. All right. Who would you like to discuss first? Well, I would like to do a couple of things. Um, one thing is I would just like to call back to a message I got a while ago, okay, a month ago, f- about go 29 days ago. Um, and I may have even read it on the air at the time because I have read some comments from this person before. But at the time, I did not quite realize exactly what he was saying. That's Carlos Freitas um, of Hey, Do You Remember Fame? You may know him from there. Anyway, um, he had messaged me on November 1st and said, 
I think Jeffrey Wright's character is model- modeled after Arnold. I think when we see Bernard talking to Dolores and Seeker or actually seeing Arnold. And at the time I was like, yeah, I get it. Like he's acting as if he's Arnold, which is something I've said before on the podcast. And I totally did not even think about the concept of the different timelines the way that they were. And now that this has happened. Great catch. I go back and I'm like, holy shit. A month ago, Carlos told me this was going to happen. It's funny because it, it occurred to me like two days ago. So he was way ahead of me on this. Yeah. Or, or last week I mentioned, it, I wonder if. Right. It, and he had brought it back up to me. He's like, oh, this is the thing that I was saying when we talked about it in the podcast. How was that possible? And I was like, holy shit. I didn't even at the time understand like that implication. But that's so I just want to give him credit where credit's due for getting it right all those many days ago. Um, and he did also point out that Bernard Lowe is in um, Arnold Weber. It's the same thing. A lot of people were speculating that. Um, I think LSK mentioned that on Facebook somewhere that he wasn't into that because he doesn't like when things are telegraphed that obviously. But it is Bernard Lowe and Arnold Weber are the same, which is adorable. Just saying. Gotcha. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. Nice. Let me do. Um... Let me do Jason Tick. Oh, hey. I like Jason Tick. He says, something I'm really having a hard time with on the whole man in black equals William, fitting the pieces together. So this is where you're going to help out, Jess. Sure. We all get how he could have went somewhat mad or had hidden bad shit, bad shit about him leading in to being a cruel asset. What doesn't make sense is the money. Things we know, not theories. You ready? Yes. So, things we know, he says. Weeks ago, we hear the Man in Black story. We hear him say that Arnold would have taken the park with him if it wasn't for the Man in Black. Did we hear that specifically? I don't remember. Okay. He de- he then says, some of us speculated that he, he meant he possibly saved her from some physical destruction. Others suggested it was financial. The latter was correct. We found out yesterday, and that's what he's been doing. Okay? Right. Next. Are you taking notes on this? Yeah, just because I, like I want to make sure I have an important thing to say. So, I got it right. How does it? How does that fit in with William? Now, I know people are going to suggest William marries Logan's sister. Something happens to Logan. He takes over the family business. Sure, I could get on board with that, but it goes against something we've already seen. In the scene where Logan and William are entering Pariah, Logan is going on about Arnold one of the creators that died, but designed all of the outer areas. All of his work was... All of his work was the best in that things almost went to shit when he died, meaning Westworld needed saving before William even knew about the place. Right. William certainly doesn't seem like he could afford to single-handedly keep afford afloat, like Hale said the Man in Black did. This is my hardest security guard pushing me away from the Men in Black equals William hype train. Am I missing something here, or is it just something that doesn't fit? I think it fits, and I think it's being too like on the nose specifically about the man in black being the person who helped financially. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think what it was is that Delos bought out Westworld or bought a ton of stock in Westworld stock, sure. where they were able to pay it out. And I think we know that William is the executive vice president of Delos, which pretty much puts him at the top and gives him a lot of credit for what's being done. Especially if Logan, who is above him meets an unfortunate end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that probably has a lot to do with it. And you know what, well, guys? Well, here's what Jason Tick says. Even if Logan dies, he doesn't have that kind of money. Well, that that he's making a presumption there. Plus, the park has already been saved, according to Logan. I don't know. I have the feeling something isn't going to all fit together once it all wraps up. You're right. He could physically and financially save the park, but that seems just a bit Hail Mary. 
Um, I'm not trying to be the contrarian here. I'm just confused. Maybe it's just they aren't keeping it all completely coherent and I'm digging too much. No, I don't think it's being contrarian, but I, but, I, but I think that the park is hemorrhaging money, which Logan said they need money, specifically the park. That's the problem is they don't have enough money. Delos is looking to maybe buy stock in the company. If Delos buys stock in the company, we know that William is a higher up at Delos and we know that he's going to continue to serve on the Delos board if he's the man in black till present day. So he's the person who's going to be looked at as having done that. We also don't know how much William has as far as money is concerned. Maybe he comes from money. Maybe he doesn't. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Logan's sister was marrying somebody with a lot of money. I could totally be wrong, but maybe he's the one marrying into money either way. Um, no, I see what you're saying. But, yeah. but this idea that they're like, hey, you saved the park. Well, technically, if... They're saying this to William. He's the man in black in present day who works for Delos Corporation. He's on the board and has been for 30 years. And if we go back in time and William's always worked for Delos and he was the executive vice president at the time where they made this deal, it, it kind of makes sense that he's being given credit for that, especially if Logan's not still around, who would have been the head honcho on the deal. And obviously Logan's father who owns the company, right? Is, is that what we assume? Is Logan's family, dad's company? Family for sure. So he's obviously dead at this point. I don't right. think somebody old enough to be Ed Harris's dad is still alive. <laughs> so if Logan's not there, then the credit would fall to William, a.k.a. the man in black. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's possible. The man in black could also be Logan. Good it's questions. fucking possible. Good, question. Good questions by Jason. Tick, no, it no. is. I like when people Jason question Tick, stuff and make me think about things and see if I can make sense of them. Um, the man in black could fucking be Logan. 100%. There's nothing to tell me that he's not other right. than my gut. And that's it. There's probably an easier way to argue that Logan is the man in black. I would agree. But in our guts and our hearts, we want the man in black to be William because we want him to not actually be all bad. Or we want this deep story, which... I get what you're saying. Yeah, he has more nuance if he's not Logan. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. Well, good listener comments for sure. Good shit. You have any more you want to do? I just want to point out, um, Terry Mitchell posted something to the LSG Media Westworld page about the character names... Um, it's just an article. It's a movie pilot um, article about character names reveal much more than we first thought. And it talks about the meaning of actual names. Um, and it's really interesting. It's like a really fun read. And I just think people should be interested in it. Like, um, you know, Teddy Flood is God's gift and um, armistice means the peacemaker. Just different things about um, literal names, like the literal meanings behind names. It's just, it's fun to read. It's a fun read. That's all. Awesome. Well, good shit as usual. This was fun. Lots of fun. We're really sorry about the Mixler issues. Uh, we started the show by saying we record all these shows live on Mixler. Before the show finished recording, we had to shut it down. There were just way too many issues. It was very frustrating, which is too bad since we give Mixler money every month. And uh, we've had probably five or six problems, which is five or six problems too many if I'm paying you for a fucking service. So Mixler, get your shit together. Still oh, love yeah. you, but come on, get your shit together, guys. Um, or I'm going to be making a fucking move to something else like YouTube. I guess that's a possibility. Damn. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, whatever. They're only losing fucking $15 a month, but still paying for your shit. And a bunch of people are going there. So, But um, all right, we're going to get out of here. We'll catch you guys. Oh, final thoughts. What am I doing? Slow down there, fucking flock of seagulls. I just feel like we talked about so many final thoughts throughout this whole thing. 
Yeah, you're right. That's hard to do. I, <laughs> to imagine that's probably why you already skip over them. That's, that's right. all we've talked about. Basically, I think we've is. talked enough about this episode. I think and, we're gonna have uh, a lot of stuff to say about the next episode. I do too, and I'm looking forward to it. I feel like everything we say now in our final thoughts will probably be answered in the next episode, and we'll be like, okay, we've said plenty. <laughs> I've had a blast. Uh, it's been fun. Great job this evening, Jessica. Thanks to everyone who turned up in chat, even though you Sorry, couldn't hang guys, too long. That was bullshit. And uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Mm-hmm.